Welcome everyone to today's Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass. Now the reason I do these uh, weekly updates for you all is so that you can understand what's actually going on. We have a fatal flaw in the, um, in the mainstream media. It's very one-sided and you're only actually hearing whatever they want to dictate to you. I've stopped watching all of that rubbish um, because when you understand what's actually going on, you can start to position yourself so that you make more money. So we've gone through an interesting time. The last two years have been horrendous, let's face it. And there's been a lot of theories about what caused it and, uh, you know, where it's going and what the real thing behind it is. And I'm not going to go into that. But I want to go back a couple of years before COVID ever started, before we even knew the word COVID. And if you listen to, uh, you know, my prophecies back then, if you like, and what I said was happening, I said we're in for a land boom. We were going to have a mid-cycle slowdown, which is exactly what happened. Now, I didn't know it was going to be called COVID, but I knew we had to have a mid-cycle slowdown, which was going to be followed by a massive boom, bigger than the first part of the rise that we've seen since GFC, which was when we had the last correction in the market. So we're in this, this second rise phase or the second explosive phase, if you like. Now, when we start to have a look at that, it's actually the land that's actually going up. Now, obviously, house prices go up, unit prices go up. But why is that? It's a factor of the land. So I want, you, I want to talk you through some of the things we're, that we're going through right now economically, what's out there this week, all of that kind of stuff. But in particular, I want to talk to you about the fundamentals of that and where we're heading. Where are we? in the land boom cycle. A lot of people predicting that, oh, we're at the top. You know, 2022, we're going to see a massive crash. In fact, a lot of Americans are coming over here at the moment trying to tell us that as well. So I want to direct you to the actual charts for Australia. I want to talk to you about the fundamentals of what's going on. So if you're listening to me on a podcast, if you're listening to me on either iTunes or on Spotify, I really super encourage you at some stage, if not straight away, to jump across to my website or to my YouTube channel and subscribe so that that way you get these automatically and you get my charts because I want to show you what's actually coming out in real time so that you can make better decisions and make better profits. So what have we got this week? Look, I want to talk specifically about the infrastructure boom that we're going through, how that's going to play out, how long it's going to have an impact in the market, and why it's really throwing diesel fuel onto 2022 house prices. I also want to talk about the CBD. Now, the CBDs through COVID were dead, let's face it. COVID killed the CBDs. But we're starting to see a resurgence and we're starting to see consumers getting back into the CBDs as well as, uh, you know, the, the workers to some extent, but not quite as strong as they have been previously. I want to talk about why it's the toughest job market in generations. You know, there are so many ads out there. Uh, you know, it's, there, there's just not enough workers to go around right now. And I also want to talk about affordability. This is going to be a buzzword for 2022, affordability, affordability. And, you know, it, it really makes me laugh because affordability um, doesn't need to come into the equation if you want to get into property. You don't need to have a certain amount of money or a certain amount of income to be able to afford a property. Now, I'm not saying that you can't, you know, you can go and buy a, uh, a beautiful waterfront Sydney Harbour property if you're earning $30,000 a year. It ain't going to happen. 
But what I'm saying is you can get into property regardless of what you're earning and regardless of how much money you've got. But you've got to get yourself educated. And that's the real key here. There are so many deals out there at the moment particularly that are just waiting to be had. But notice I say the word deal. I'm not talking about buying, you know, the four-bedroom, two-bathroom, double-lock-up garage in the burbs. Uh -uh. I'm not talking about buying an apartment in a high-rise. No. I'm talking about buying a deal. Now, whether you do it on your own, whether you do it through uh, joint ventures, whether you do it through your, your knowledge, there's all sorts of ways to actually get into the market, regardless of your circumstances. Most people just jump to the emotional buy of the dream home that comes with the dream mortgage. And unfortunately, that's where they go wrong. That's where they get themselves into trouble. And that's why they are stuck for typically five to sometimes 10 years before they can actually start moving forward without education. Education is a different story. Education puts you on the right path and you know, it makes you understand what else you can actually do. So let's get into it. We are entering 2022 in very good shape. The economy has a war chest of money. There is money flushing around the, all over the place at the moment. So as we enter into 22, the economy is booming. Now, this chart here shows you retail sales and how we're starting to see a resurgence there. So they're running pretty hot. Now, I know it's the time of year. We're leading up to Christmas and let's face it, internet sales and all of those things have brought forward a lot of the consumer spending because we want to get our parcels before, before Christmas. Um, but there's been a bit of a psychological change there. But the reality is that the, the sales are starting to come back. We're starting to get the movement through the economy. And you actually need that flow of money changing hands and buying this and going to the retail and the retailer does that and it buys something else and it keeps going round and round because that's how an economy works. And we're starting to see that that's really starting to kick into gear right now. We're also seeing a bit of a resurgence back into the CBDs. Now, uh, this is just a, a chart you can see here. Across the board, across all cities, we're seeing that resurgence back to the city. The lowest two are Sydney and Melbourne. Now, why? Because they've had the biggest lockdowns. You know, they're the ones that have been locked in, locked out, locked everything, locked up <laughs> for months, particularly poor old Melbourne. So it's a much um, cooler transition back to the CBDs there, but it's still happening. Look at the charts. You can still see there is that movement coming back, you know, 41% for Sydney and 36% back for uh, Melbourne. But look at the big ones. Look at Adelaide, 94%. You know, Perth, 82%. Brisbane, 81%. Hobart, 71%. You know, these are huge figures when we see that resurgence coming back. And that's where we're, you know, that's where we're going to start to see some real uh, flow happening back in those CBD areas. And it shows in the figures, you know, look at the retail sales here. We've had a few bumps up and down. And if you look at that, that chart there and you see all the ups and all the downs, what you're going to realise is that every time we've had an up, it was a resurgence out of lockdown. Every time we had a down, we were all locked up again. Well, not everybody, but... The, the bigger cities, Sydney and Melbourne, particularly Melbourne. So that's what's caused that, that bumpy ride. But if you look at the trend line going up there, that is the trend growth line for retail sales. Look how far above that line we are. 
you can see there that even though we've been bumping up and down, we are way above where the normal retail trend line would have been. Now, that's flowing through the whole economy. You can see that in the, in the job ads right across the board. New South Wales job ads, skyrocketing. Victorians job ads, skyrocketing. Um, you know, the, the whole of the country, skyrocketing. Now, that, that time frame there is from the 1st of February 2020, so pre-COVID, to now. You can see the drop when we had the 2020 COVID lockdowns and everybody was in a scare and all the rest of it. And look at it since. It's been gradually going up and up and up. And that's a great thing. And that's flowing through. Everything you look at shows the same trends. This is a, um, a survey here on, on consumer confidence. So this has been put out by ANZ. And you can see there, again, every, we had COVID, boom, all the way down in 2020. We came up, we had the second lockdown, came up again, bobbed around, bobbed around, Melbourne particularly, and then Sydney had the lockdown, and now we're coming back out of that. So, you know, massive increase. And we're right up there where, um, you know, we've still got some growth left to have and where confidence is still, is still um, it, could be, it could be even better is what I'm saying. If you look and you go back to 2016, um, 2019, 18, much higher than we are now. So there's still plenty of upside. This is the one that I'm particularly interested in because this is the business confidence. And you can see there it pretty much follows the consumer confidence. But again, look at, the, look at the standard line through the middle there of a baseline of zero and how much we are above that. We're a good 20% above a baseline uh, of confidence there of zero. So this is a great thing. And, uh, you know, it's the businesses that employ people. It's the businesses that are forcing up those job ads. It's the businesses that are, are putting money into capital expenditure. It's the businesses that are, you know, taking the risk out there to get things moving again. And that's a, that's a sign that I really like to see with that very strong 20% above the baseline. And I talk about capital expenditure. Here you go. You can see in this chart the difference between the 17-18 capital expenditure financial year and the 2021-22 financial year. So you can see there, that's how we've gone through. So from 2017-18 right through to 2020-21-22 financial years. And obviously we're not completely through the latest financial year there. But you can see the light blue there is the actual expenditure and the dark blue is the ex expected. So what's in the pipeline? If you look to the, to the far right there, you can see that what's in the pipeline is a lot of stuff. We have got a lot of things coming through the pipeline that have been committed. There's money being committed. And obviously, when we have capital expenditure like that, it creates more jobs, it creates more money in the economy, and it creates a wealthier economy. And that's what's leading us into 2022 right now. So let's talk about infrastructure spending in particular. Now, when you look at the consolidated government finances, you can see there that we are in massive deficit. And we're really not expecting to come out of deficit until after 2025. Now, that's interesting because um, all of that money has to flush through the economy, whether it's in support, which is a bit going out that way, obviously, but it, a lot of it is going into infrastructure spending. It's going into projects. And if you look at this... Whoop, if you look at this chart here, it shows you just how much money is being put in by, uh, you know, the federal government for starters, but then the state governments are throwing money at their individual states as well. 
And that is big money. We're talking billions and billions of dollars that create billions and billions of infrastructure, well needed in some areas particularly, because I haven't had any major infrastructure in places like Sydney since the 2000 Olympics. Um, hopefully with the Olympics coming in Brisbane, we're going to get some massive infrastructure there as well, which I think we are. So, you know, all of that is adding to, to uh, the, the buoyant economy that we're actually seeing. Now, this is a comparison of total uh, infrastructure funding across jurisdictions and, you know, the, and, uh, the federal contribution there. So, the dark blue is the state contribution and the lighter coloured teal colour there is the federal contribution. And what you can see is pretty clearly a lot of the money pouring out is from a state government perspective. Now, I expect that to change when we get into 2022 because we are going to have a massive cash splash as a lead up to the elections because we're election year next year. We've got federal elections, we've got state elections in some places and we are going to see massive, massive um, you know, money being thrown around at infrastructure spending because it does work. It does work. So state and federal are going to be vying for who can, who can throw the most money out there. But this actually shows you the percentage increase in infrastructure spending and the total general government sector spending. So that's across each one of the states. So it's just broken it down and it shows you across the states um, the percentage increase in infrastructure. And, uh, you know, you can see there that the um, Victoria is the one that's actually throwing the most out at the moment. But I tell you what. It needs to, too, because of everything it's been doing on the other side, taxing the hell out of people and locking everybody up and killing its own economy. You can see I'm not a big fan of Dan Andrews, and I've been very vocal about that as well. So the value of uh, infrastructure investment projects under construction, that tealy colour there is how much is still to come. So you can see we're, we're pretty high anyway when you go back to 2018, 2010, trying to get the economy going. We're actually at, at similar levels right now to the 2010, which was the post-GFC period of time where we were trying to build the economy after GFC. But what's been proposed, look at that. It's way surpassed any other period um, in the 2000s. So I haven't gone back further than that, but that shows you the 2000s there as well. So... It's, it's good times ahead, and that's really going to continue to put a lot of money back into the economy. Why am I talking about the economy so much? Because when there's money in the economy, there's plenty of jobs to go around in the economy. We've got wage pressure happening as well by the unions. You put all those things together, more people have got more money. Where do they put it? They put it into property. That's where they put it, into renovations, into upgrades, knockdown rebuilds. They put it into, uh, you know, investment properties. And that's exactly what's happening right now. This just shows you the amount of engineering work that is, uh, is underway right now across the states. And, you know, the, um, the WA has got a, gr a lot of it. And a lot of that's mining related as well. But, you know, across all the states, there's lots of infrastructure projects happening. So let's talk about affordability. Affordability is the hot button for 2022, and it is. Why is affordability such an issue? Well, you know, it was only a year ago, back in 2020, I said we are the most affordable we have been for 40 years. Why? Because the prices hadn't risen yet, and the, in, the uh, um, interest rate was the lowest we've ever had in our entire history in Australia. Well, 
things have changed. Interest rates are still low, but prices have started to rise. So we're starting to see a switch in affordability. And this is the house price to income ratio right across the, uh, the states there. So you can see New South Wales and Victoria are the leaders. No surprise there. Their prices are the highest. Their wages are also higher as well. Um, but you can see the comparison there between, say, New South Wales and Victoria to Queensland and WA that are very similar. And then you've got South Australia, ACT and Tassie over on the right-hand side there. So affordability has deteriorated with the rising house prices. You know, it's time to, when you look at the time to save for a deposit, it's starting to stretch out there. However, there is actually a sweet spot, and I'm not normally someone that actually likes units, uh, particularly high-rise units uh, in apartments and things like that. But, and the reason for that is I'll make it very clear, because you can't do anything with it in most cases. Uh, you've got no land content to be able to develop. You've got no uh, upside. You, you're beholden to a, a body corporate as what you can do. The only thing you can do is renovate the inside. If you're going to buying these brand new properties off the plan, you are totally at the hands of the market. You've got no control and I am dead against a lot of that stuff. It's so speculative right now. However, Affordability in the unit price market is definitely there. But if you're buying the pl uh, a unit where you can actually get some upside on it as well, so you're buying a deal, you're not just buying a place to live. That's the distinction that I really want to make here. And what we're seeing is, you know, the amount of money that you need to save a deposit for a house, and look at the figures right across the states, you know, you've got the median house price for Sydney as at September quarter was one, nearly 1.5 million, um, and uh, which is a uh, you know 20% deposit on that is going to be nearly $300,000, and the the um, annual salary for that state is $91,000. So you look at the figures for yourself. You know you pick which state you're in and see what your figures look like. Just just take that in for the moment. You know Melbourne a million bucks. $200,000 to have a deposit and $91,000 for a, uh, you know, as the average salary. So you look at Sydney versus um, Melbourne, Melbourne's a lot more affordable in housing market, you know. Then you go to Brisbane, it's more affordable. Again, you need 140 grand to go and buy the median house in Brisbane right now. You go right down to, say, Perth, it's 119,000. Adelaide, 133,000. Um, Darwin, 128,000. And when you look at the relative income, they don't drop that much. You know, like, like Darwin, $640,000 is the median house price and you only need $128,000 as a deposit and it's $88,000 as your salary. So, you know, there's still, there's still a lot of affordability there even in the house market because you can actually turn it into a deal as well. But that's not the story. I want to show you the unit market. So the unit market in Sydney, as example, 800-odd grand is the median, median unit price. You need $160,000 to go and buy it. And again, the annual salary is 91. So, you know, you start to put that in perspective. Darwin, you can buy a $360,000 uh, unit, sorry, um, 72-odd thousand dollars as your deposit, and you're still earning $188,000. So it's like, you know, a couple of years' worth of actual savings if you go hard. If you had a couple... You know, and you can live on one wage in a place like Darwin. You can buy a property with your 20% deposit inside a year in, an, in a, in a uh, unit of deposit. 
And you start putting that in perspective. Look at Brisbane, 300, uh, let's call it $400,000, we may as well say. $80,000 is what we need as a deposit. And the average salary is, is $85,000. So again, if you're a couple and you can save one salary, start to you know, live within your means and have that salary, uh, other salary saved, you're into it in a year. Now, I know that's not necessarily the case in places like Sydney and Melbourne, but we are seeing this sweet spot. Even look at Melbourne, you know, $576,000, $115,000 as a deposit, and they're earning $91,000 a year. So two years, you know, and that's the thing. We're starting to see a shift. Now, this won't last, guys. It won't last. But I don't want you getting out there and buying crap. I don't want you getting out there and buying properties in great big high-rises and all the rest where you've got no control. There is, there is education around this, and that's why I offer you guys a free consult. Please talk to one of my advisors. I've got a few appointments. All you've got to do is go to iloveralestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. Get an appointment with an advisor. They're free. They're an hour long, and we can talk to you about how you can actually learn how to get into this stuff and make money out of the market right now. There are a few sweet spots left, and this is one, but the right one, not the kind of crap that a lot of people are selling. And I don't sell properties. I'm never going to sell you a property. But this is really about you learning to distinguish and learning the tools to be able to do that analysis and due diligence. And that's what it's all about, stepping up and taking control. Um, mortgage serviceability, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's down um, because we, we haven't seen wage growth for quite some time. Uh, we're going to see a lot of pressure on that, though. When we look at lending, uh, you know, the housing loan repayments, as a, you can see there how much money is sitting there in offset accounts, the, how much is in the uh, principal and interest, and then how much you've got in interest only. There's going to be a bit of a shift more towards principal and interest than there will be interest only because of the latest APRA changes that came out around that and a bit of a, a, bit of a twisting of the, the screws on the bank there. And the first home buyer deposits, you can see there how, uh, you know, the, the percentages have, um, have gone up because of all of the, the extra government incentives that have been put out there with the, uh, the first homeowners and how there was massive push to get the first homeowners in the market with all of their grants and everything else and accessing super and whatever uh, to get into their first home because that was a way of, of um, fueling the economy when things were pretty dire last year. It worked. In fact, it overworked. So the average time to actually save a deposit, if you look at this, um, on one wage and living as well, they're saying, you know, that Sydney's up there around the eight to nine years, Melbourne's around the seven to eight years. Uh, you know, you've got all the rest of them. And Darwin is the, is the lowest. Brisbane's around about the five-year mark. Um, that's taking houses and units into account. But as I said, that's for one person on the average wage. Uh, you know, if you haven't got a partner, go and buy one with a mate. Go and buy one with a friend. Go and get into the market and start learning what you can do to actually make money in the market, not just buy a house to live in with the McMansion McMortgage that goes with it. That's not where you want to be. Look, value to uh, household income ratios, we're running hot at the moment. We're actually over a 6%, uh, six times ratio there. That's a little bit high. 
Um, and what we're going to see in 2022 is a lot more wage pressure. So rather than house prices coming down, what we're going to see is wages start to go up. And those uh, ratios will start to come back into play. Housing's running up there at 8.1% at for this particular month. Um, units are down at 6.8. The banks want to see them below a six times ratio on earnings. They made that very, very clear. But the portion of household income required to service a new mortgage is um, at the moment it's running at about 39% for houses and about 32%, 32.8% for units. So pretty, pretty similar there. And the time to spend there on a, you know, to, to save a mortgage, to, to save the deposits, 10 years, nine years, if you take the whole nation as a, uh, a, you know, as a whole. The other thing you've got to take into account is yield, you know, just because you buy a property doesn't mean you have to live there. And the yields are definitely up. So when you're looking at serviceability, the ability to be able to get, you know, a, a, an increase there, the, the proportion of household income required to pay the rent um, you know, you're 30% to, to pay the rent. You're only 39% to buy the thing. So those equations are getting closer and closer. I think I said it was 32% for a unit. Well, it's going to cost you 27% of your income to go and rent one anyway. So you may as well be uh, buying the thing rather than actually renting it. So what does all of that mean? What it means is that success is not a, an activity but it's actually a process. And that process requires you stepping up. It requires you to get out there and start to learn what to do, what type of property, how you can access the greatest boom that we have been in for years and probably won't see this period of the cycle until the mid 30s. So you don't wanna be waiting you know, another, another nearly 15 years to see this kind of opportunity again, but that's what it's gonna be. We'll have rises, we'll have falls, we'll have all of those things in the middle. But the pricing that we're seeing now will be much higher. And to get the percentage increases that we're experiencing right now, you're looking at the mid-30s. That's how it's going to pan out. So the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routines. What are you doing about it? Well, the first thing I want you to do is to actually make an appointment. Look, they're 60 minutes long. They're with one of my very skilled advisors, um, they are, I, you know, I call them the real estate breakthrough sessions. They'll talk about what we do in I Love Real Estate and how we can educate you to know what to do and how you can really start to, to start powering through this, you know, this, this, this period of time that you're not going to see again for another nearly 15 years. So you've got to have a good footprint in the market, but with the right properties. So there's a few really good opportunities in the market, but you've got to know what to do with them and what type of opportunities they are and how to, how to actually access them, regardless of your circumstances. So look, it's free. All you've got to do is go to iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. It is the best thing that I can do for you to increase your wealth, to increase your knowledge and to increase your confidence and everything else. And look, if you're enjoying these, uh, these weekly updates that I'm giving you, please refer them to a friend. Get them onto my YouTube channel. Get them to subscribe. Get them onto my website, iloverealestate.tv, and subscribe to these because it really keeps you at the forefront of what's actually going on as opposed to a one-sided, media-slanted, paid-for opinion on what's actually happening. Uh, because they're only telling you what their, their bosses and the, in the media are telling them to tell you, 
Uh, so you're only getting one side of it. And I want, to, I want to share the real data behind the story. So look, that's it for me this week. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying them, give me some comments. Um, refer them to your friends. Subscribe to the, to the weekly updates. And I'll catch you again next week. Bye for now.